Hi everybody, welcome to the Rambling Toffee Podcast. I'm Mark. I hope everybody's enjoying the wonderful weather that is uh, outside at the moment. Miserable, wet, dark, cold. Welcome to January. You know, it's the 29th today. I think everybody's just fed up with this weather and fed up with the, you know, the dark mornings and dark evenings and just looking forward to... Um, you know, the spring and, you know, weather improving and we hope, you know, as we move on towards the summer. So, you know, we want it to get there. Uh, you know, we've got that ongoing. It doesn't help by the fact that, you know, being an Evertonian at the moment is not great. And it's just like never ending story, isn't it, really? That is, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I start these podcasts. I try to be optimistic and I try to talk about Everton in a positive light. And there's a lot of good stuff out there that, you know, is related to Everton, you know, and that's the fans, of course. You know, the Everton community is great. We've got the Fab, we're doing a really good job as well. We've got some really good, you know, good stuff on that sense, you know, that, you know, is keeping us going in a sense. You know, shouts out to, you know, the likes of Toffee TV and, you know, Ped and, you know, and Baz and, you know, John Blaine out there. I know I've got a few people, you know, part of, you know, Toffee TV that, you know, every day they do this and every day they, you know, try to, you know, make it as interesting as possible, try to, you know, talk about Everton in in a positive light, but you just can't at the moment. I listened to their, uh, you know, live earlier on and it just starts like that. What can you talk about? You know, the team are not performing at the moment as well. We've got injuries, we've got a 10 point deduction that's gone to an appeal. We've got you know, we've got a second charge, we've got a takeover that's just dragging on and on and on. You know, we can't spend any money to try and strengthen the team because we have no money. You know, and it's and we've got a thin squad as it is. And, you know, it's just like never ending. And it's like, when are we going to get that light at the end of the tunnel? When are we going to get the positive news? When it, When are we going to find out? if you know the takeover has been successful or not you know you know what my thoughts on 777 partners they're not good i don't think they're a good fit for everton football club but you know at the moment you know we're not even knowing if they're going to get approval or not what's going who if if they don't take over who's going to who's going to come in is there anybody out there that's interested you know, you hear in, in the rumours and hear out there that uh, there are people interested in buying Everton Football Club, but, you know, they're not coming out and telling us that this is we would like to take over. You know, this is what we want to do, but it's not there. So everything that is ongoing at the moment is just like we're on hold. We can't move forward. We feel like we're going backwards. Yes, the positive other, you know, the positive thing is about the stadium actually, you know, still going on still being built and you know 777 partners are putting money in to keep the club going you know week to week month to month while this saga goes on about the approval and if they're going to take over the football club and one thing about that is that yes they're putting money in and they're probably investing in the stadium as well to keep that going i don't know but there's going to come a point here where if if we just need to know if they're going to get approval or not. If they're not going to get approval, you know, the the, the worrying thing is, is that this club, unless if they want their money back for what they're putting in, 
The only other place it's going to go is administration, and that means nine point deduction. We have a second charge at the moment, as I mentioned. You know, if the appeal fails, I hope it doesn't, but if the appeal fails, and that's 10 points there, and we get 10 points for a second discharge that we currently have for the same bloody um, thing that happened with the first um, charge that's ongoing, you know, double double jeopardy, as everybody said, you know, that. So you got that's 20 points. Then, yeah, if we do go to our administration, then it's nine, that's 29 points. We're relegated, we're gone. You know, is that what the Premier League want? When they set up PSRs, when they set it up 10 years ago, you know, they set it up, the whole purpose is to make compliant, clubs compliant, that owners don't, can't, you know, make sure they spent right and do the right things. But also the whole purpose of it was to help clubs if they had financial situations, financial issues, they couldn't, you know, to help them and guide them through and not punish them. And it, you see it in the EFL. God knows how many clubs that have had bad owners and basically you know, they're not just punishing the owner for what he's doing or she's doing. They're punishing the fans and punishing the team. They're punishing that, that, the, them by putting points deductions, by, you know, everything else. They're doing the same thing. There's got to be a better way. And you're right, you know, in some senses, you know, if there's a sporting sanction meaning that said club has spent all that money and they're riding high up the table and they're going towards, say, the Premier League and they're going up that way, but they found out that they've gone over their spending limit because they've been wanting to get higher and higher. And that's the whole story anyway. But, you know, that's when you start asking questions about sporting sanctions is, you know, all these clubs want to do, if you're in the Championship or a League 1 or 2 or, com or Conference, well, it used to be <laughs> National League, right through to the Premier League. Owners come in because you look at football clubs, big clubs, small clubs, big clubs with big stadiums, and you think we can make money from this. And in some senses, you can. But it's also, you know, the whole purpose of it, you go in, you put your money, you want to put the money in to help the club grow, to get better, to get bigger and to go and progress and get to the next level. If you're a championship club, you want to get in the Premier League. If you're a Premier League a championship club and you go into the Premier League, if you're a Premier League club and you've been in there, but you've got an owner who's, who's a billionaire and who's got money and he wants to invest, you know, they should be allowed to and be do the right way of doing it. There's got to be a right way that when you're spending money, that you you know you're getting money coming back, and you know you keep your finances in check. I'm not a finance guy. All all I'm hoping is that Bashiri came in and he just went scattergun and he just kept on throwing throwing money more and more money at it, and because he had. Usmanov uh, behind him, he had something to back him. So if you think I didn't have as much money, some he'll come in to sponsor the stadium, sponsor you know naming rights to the new stadium, you know sponsor the women's team, sponsor the training ground, all sorts of things. Money that was filled 
dripping back in, which kept us going and kept us, you know, not breaking PSRs. But as soon as he had gone, and of course, good old, uh, you know, the war in Ukraine happened, money started to dry up and he didn't have that backing to actually help him to, to sustain us and keep us going. I didn't want to start on a financial level about all this shenanigans and everything else about that, but it's just how it is. It should have made it easier and understand for, you know, so we as, you know, as, as clubs can progress and can go further forward and actually can compete at the top end of the table, winning titles, winning trophies, getting into Europe, all of that great stuff. And being competitive, there's got to be, there is a better way around this. But the Premier League seem to only care about the six clubs at the top end, and they don't want clubs like Aston Villa, who are currently doing quite well at, at the moment in the Premier League. But now I heard a story today that maybe next season they may have to sell players similar to Newcastle, so they can continue not breaching the PSR rules. Unless, well, of course, unless good old Dickie Masters decides to, uh, you know, change the rules on that subject, so mate, might be something a bit different to a UEFA model. We'll see. But it seems to like Newcastle can't have to sell their best players so they can try and bring players in. That shouldn't be the case. You know, it it it, it defeats the object. If if you want the Premier League to be the best in the world as they claim it's to be, every team in that league, if they've got money and they should be allowed to spend that money, we spent, yes, when we spent, this this is the thing, when we spent that money in, I think it was 2018, when we spent I don't know, 13 players and three, you know, number 10s and everything like that, and we spent money, 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 that period, what we've seen is this, it's a very simple thing. You spend the money, the players that we brought in weren't good enough. One or two were good, like Jordan Pickford, of course, who's still with us. I'm not going to say Michael Keane, because he came in at the time, but, you know, he was he came in. But Jordan Pickford, probably out of all the players that we've had, has been the most successful. And probably Richarlison's well later on. We have had players that have come in that have been successful for us. But... A, 90% of that, those players that came in, have not been successful and they failed. And it, and it's down then to your manager and the, your director of football that you have at the time. And if you see the spiral that happened, we keep on putting more money. It, it, it failed miserably. We didn't have the right people in. We didn't have the right. And also it's down to, of course, the owner, the board and everybody else who are part of that structure and part of that process. And that's why we got in the mess that we did. But if you have that money and you basically get the right director of football in, get the right manager, get the right recruitment right, get the right people in, you get the right place and had a plan and a structure and everything else of how you're going to go forward, we could have been in a very different place. We could have been in a very different place. We could have been higher at the table. We could have been competing again. And we may not even be breaching PSRs. Because of the size of the club, we would have we would have been back up there with the you know the other the bigger big clubs. 
and I'm not going on about you know what the you know what good old Dickie Masters said regarding Notts Forest and everything being small clubs, but that's what's happened nowadays. They look at clubs like ourselves, the size of Everton, of course, you know, you know, it's about over a million fans or even more than that all over the world. We're building a fantastic stadium, you know, we're going to everything in that sense. The fan base, is, as I say, is massive and big and passionate. We're in the city, we're a city club. The history is rich and amazing. You know, the titles that we've won, the players that we've had. But to be called that in a small club, I'll come more into that. But to, this is this is what it is currently. And all this energy and drive and passion and everything else that I put into the, my football club, the club that I care about week in, week out, it's on my mind every day. It's, it's, it's it, it, from the minute I wake up, from the minute I go to sleep, even probably in my dreams, Everton are on my mind. Thinking about what will happen next, you know, hoping that we'll get some positive news, hoping that, you know, we will become a competitive football team again that will drive, you know, compete at the top end. To be that club, that team that I remember when I was a child, remember the team in the 80s. I'm very lucky that I saw Everton Football Club being a champion and getting to cup finals and being in Europe. I, I saw that. And I was lucky enough to be able to go games when we were a good side, a top five big club, as referred to back, back in them days, and being a, a founder member of the Premier League. And being referred to that. And it's great that, you know, I can say that. But it's like now is that it's 30 years since we last won the FA Cup. And, you know, 30 years on, we're looked upon as a small club by the CEO of the Premier League. And, by, and if it's by him, it's by the attitude his attitude towards a lot of clubs in the Premier League and what he thinks of them. He only thinks about the six. And sadly, that's how it is, because I just saw a tweet that um, they want to do like a friendly uh, Premier League uh, tournament in the US or in Asia in the summer, and it will be the usual suspects who will be playing there. United, Liverpool and Arsenal... Top, you know, not Tottenham, I don't think, because they're touring anyway. And it, I think City and Chelsea have got um, games over there as well. So they're trying to create a tournament over there, you know, for the big six, for the, you know, for the for those clubs. And nobody else gets an invite. It, it's not thought of because, you know, they want to focus on the brands. They want to focus on, you know, the fans all over the world, you know, and the fan, sadly, all the fans all over the world follow those clubs they get more airtime on tv in the uk but also all over the world um that you know the histories indicate that you know his you know from liverpool manchester united and arsenal those three specific teams get such you know their fan bases all over the world is just you know immense and they get and and, that, and premier league wants to focus on them and in reality, they should be focused on every all twenty clubs in the Premier League, 
not just a few and that's what the banner says you know select you know for the many for the few i can't remember what the word it is no sorry about that but you can understand where i'm coming from but again it's just like you know where's the hope for for us as fans you know i go to i'm going to the game on saturday tottenham i went to the game against luton i'll come into that in a minute um and you know i just you can just see not just as fans we want to get behind the team and we do but it's like it's january okay you can use an excuse it's january it's cold it's wet it's miserable you know and you you just you just want it to be lighter and the sunshine a bit more and you go to the game you've got in the back of your mind you know the 10 point deduction you, you're worried about your, your club because it could go into administration if there's no takeover of the club there is no you know what's going to happen next to that you've got that on your mind because you you know you care deeply it's your club it's a part of your family it's a part of who you are and how you become and you've got all this on your mind you go to the game with your mates and you, you want to you want to get behind the team you want to see the team do well on the pitch just you know putting the effort in like you do because you work all week like we do we work all week we want a bit of light relief we want to go for a few pints you know a few pints with your mates you want to talk about the game you want to get behind the team and then you see that and i talked about the losing game on saturday you see the performance on the field you see the formats on the field like that. Luton deserved it. They had more opportunities. They were better, more energised, motivated, wanting, wanting it more. And you can see it. And you can see from our perspective as, a, as an Everton team playing a different formation of 4-4-2. You're try, the manager's trying something different. He's trying for because we've got no Decore, who is not our main main man we need him back it shouldn't be the case we should have other players that can also fill that void and do a job as well but it seems to be he's the main man and because he's missing we're struggling and yes it you know what we saw was you see that you see Luton doing exactly the same thing again you see players getting balls passed to him and they can't control it right he can't do a job. They then launch it to try and get Cavalry to flick it on. He didn't have a great game. No disrespect to him. He's not scored in 15 games. He's flow and confidence. Yes, it's great. His fitness is back. But he's our best striker. You try with Beto, who's not fitting in yet. He's he's better coming. He's, it's better being on the bench. But when he's coming on, he can't make an impact in the game. And we're not seeing the best of him yet. So that's going to take time. I don't know when it's going to go click, bang. And I know when we talk about the losing game, as I am, we can go back. We had that four wins on the bounce. We had a click in the team. And I remember talking about how optimistic and positive I was that this is, you know, we're going somewhere. We've got a team here that are working, fighting for this club. They don't give a shit about the 10-point deduction. They don't give a shit about it. 
we're going to go out and we're going to prove that we're good enough. And you can talk about the quality of these players. Are they good enough Premier League players or whatever? They were doing a job. They were getting the points. They were doing what they needed to do. For Sean Dice, he was setting it up right. Everything was working at that precise moment. Then Christmas came along. We played well against Tottenham, but we lost. We should have had a goal given. Then VAR comes along and screws everything up as well. Add that to the Premier League, the PGMOL, the whole fucking corrupt, you know, elements that they are and what they've become. Because it feels every week that we get screwed by one VAR call after another. Tottenham game, goal disallowed when it was referee was fine. I've talked about this before. I'm not going to go old, old ground. You know what I think about this. Man City handball when it shouldn't have been a handball. Things have happened and then we get injuries. And then what happens next is we come into January and we seem to as a performance-wise, no decorate for for through injuries. In the FA Cup against Palace at home, their home game, um, when Calvert-Lewin got sent off. And then another disgraceful decision. But again, the performance was not great, but it was set up right and they defended well and they did their job and we came away not to concede. We play Aston Villa. I felt disappointed with that game. That's my personal view. I just felt, again, we weren't getting the ball and passing around or anything. But watching that game between two teams, Villa was up here, you know, wanting to challenge up top end and get into Europe. Don't know about winning the title, but, you know, they're up there. And it was just a very disappointing game of football between two teams. And we came away with a point. Take the positives from that. We didn't concede again. So that was good. The Corey came back in and then, you know, got injured again in the Villa game. That's the funny story. He came in the Villa game, he came back in and then after that he got injured again and he's out again. But, we pl- and then we play Palace in a replay. We win 1-0. Gomez, okay, he's hit and miss. We, you know, is he good enough? Well, that's another question you have to ask. But he came on, he scored that fa- fantastic free kick. And we get through, but in that game as well, it was, you know, we saw Crystal Palace making five substitutions. That's another complaint I have, is that Sean Dyche waits and waits and waits. And, if, and you know, we get through, but it wasn't because of the goalkeeper, uh, Joe Virginia, who he kept us in it with his, you know, goalkeeping and doing a really good job. So you sh- the warning signs were there. And then we come to Luton, of course. And then you see that. I sat there. And instantly, as soon as they were going up the field within two, three minutes, creating opportunities. And they were getting, cutting right through us. And, you know, it, we got the ball. We tried to play football a little bit. But when you pass it to anybody in the midfield, one or two, Jack Harrison's an example here, give it to him. And he was like, Losing the ball, he couldn't keep hold of the ball properly. And when he did get forward, he could. He was trying to get 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 through, cross the lines, get Calvert Lewin in or Beto in, and he was just hitting one of their players all the time. And it was consistently like that. And you know he's playing week in week out. There isn't anybody challenging him. 
to actually take his position. There's Dan Juma, who basically, when he does get an opportunity or play, he's not playing great at this moment in time. He has little moments here or there, but he's not making an impact. He's not forcing himself in. He's not pushing himself in. But in that game, I sat there and basically, you know, trying to get behind the team, trying to support the team, shouting and chanting, trying to get behind the team. There was nothing going on. And it was just like, what's the point? What's the point? The fact is we were one all at one point, one all. And people think this, that they didn't want to replay. I was speaking to people next to me. I hope this doesn't, you know, I won't really want this to be a replay. I don't want to go another game to add to all the games, especially with all the injuries we've got. We've got injuries with very thin squad. Nobody's coming in a transfer window. Kevin Fellwell said that a month ago, and also Sean Dykes has said it today. It's looking unlikely that nobody's coming in. Coming in. And it looks like we may, may see Michael Keane and uh, Ben Godfrey go um, go out the door. So that's even less players um, available for me, you know, to get take us to the end of the season. Michael Keane, I, I don't want him in the starting man. I don't want him starting at all. But it's a backup. Gomez is injured for I don't know how long it will be. He's a backup. Deli Alley keep, think, keeps on thinking that he's actually going to... We're going to see in this season. Then he gets an injury and then bang. <laughs> it's like, what's the point? So, you know, you know, will we see him? Keeps on getting another injury. So we've got all this going on in our head. Oh, and it, and we got a game tomorrow night against Fulham. And then we got the game at Tottenham in the Premier League. And we need to get points. We need to get some points. Because at the moment, we're still waiting to find out what will happen with the appeal. It's supposed to start in February, so we're still waiting for that. So what will be interesting is that, you know, it'd be great. The only positives I can think is if the appeal goes well and get all our points back rescinded, the second charge gets thrown out, meaning that we'll be further up the table, away from that relegation place, and we can get this big relief. And hopefully we'll get the Corey back and we'll get, you know, Seamus Collin will be hopefully be back soon anyway. So hopefully... I know Ashley Young was on the bench on Saturday, but it's we need an uplift. We're not going to, you know, the other idea that was, you know, the most shocking idea out there is Sean Dice going, looking at the under-21s, players who are playing well, give them an opportunity. What's the point? What we, what's, what's, what's to lose? He might be fantastic. We've seen it in the past. You know, with like Tony Hibbert, Ian Osmond, you know, many others. Who were doing young players who have been given an opportunity. This was under Moyes, obviously. Come in, show what you can do. Bang. Perform well. And they become regulars. And they establish themselves. You know, of course, Leon Osmond went on loan. And go on, Ross Barkley, bring him in. But basically, players that are young players have the opportunity, given the opportunity to come in and actually make a name for themselves at that time. Simple, isn't it? But if because you're just giving you know the same old same old players all the time, give freshen it up a bit, give them a more impetus. Chimiti came on for ten minutes, did a better job than what uh, Beto did in ninety minutes on Saturday. So give him a chance. Start with him with Calvert Lewin up front if you're going to go four four two. 
do something, do something different, try something different, try to make something, you know, change the things. But will Sean Dice do that? That's the question. Anyway, before I finish today, I've rambled on a bit too longer than advertised. Um, I just want to mention, you know, there are supporters out there, you know, who are helping, you know, predominantly MPs at the moment regarding the appeal, uh, not the appeal, but basically what happened with the select committee. Um, and, you know, it was a great, great letter that was sent out, gone out, what was on social media that was sent out to Richard Masters of the Premier League to asking for the, the minutes from uh, the 10th of uh, August meeting and also his witness statement. And they were requesting them to, you know, requesting to actually see that, that information. So it'll be interesting what happens with that. Um, it'll, will it help with the appeal? Well, it'll be interesting because um, everything indicates to me that you know it was you know they set this sanction policy. You know, off on the tenth of August. You know, and he did it purposely just for Everton Football Club, nobody else, so they can punish us. And that's basically what's happening at the moment. That's you know, but. It's great that we've got MPs in that select committee who, you know, asked the questions of Richard Masters and, you know, and also the small club meant, you know, question, which I can't understand why he's coming with that. And that just shows his attitude towards a lot of clubs in that Premier League. Um, he just looks at six over six clubs in that Premier League who wanted to break away into a Super League. And, you know, he wanted to, you know, they're the clubs that he cares more about because why? Because it brings money in for him and bring, brings money in for the Premier League. The 14 other clubs, they're just part of the, you know, the actual Premier League. You know, that's what exists. And I hope a lot of other clubs start to realise this. I know Notts Forest, Nottingham Forest will probably are realising that now for what's happened to them. Well, the fans anyway. And, you know, a lot of other clubs who... You know, one minute, you know, like Wolves, where they were closed, you know, they had to sell a lot of players so they can actually, you know, not be compliant. Everton has sold God knows how many players over the last few years. We've got a net spend, whatever people think of that. We've we've spent not much money at all uh, on recruitment and anything like that. We've, we've brought players in. We've It's just basically we're trying everything we possibly can as a club to try and get ourselves compliant and backing, you know, but the Premier League don't give a shit about that. So, you know, I just hope that the appeal is successful for us. We've got a good Casey. Everybody seems he, he's been our best signing. You know, forget about the transfer window. He's been our best signing, hopefully, and pulls it out for us. Um, but yes, the select committee, you know, they asked the right questions and he did everything they, you know, could. And they've now sent a letter to him. So hopefully we might hear more on that um, soon. I just hope we hear more on the takeover uh, sooner rather than later. So there's a lot of things going on at the moment, and I just want to see the end light at the end of the tunnel. But it's you know, will it we get there? That's the question, isn't it? <laughs> so yes, um, so we'll see what happens. But yes, there is support out there, and of course we always mention Andy Burnham. Been fantastic. Steve Rotherham has also been there as much as he's a red nose. Um, but I just think from national journalists. It's only Henry Winter, I think, who's on a national level um, been very supportive with his tweets regarding Everton. He put the story out what about the uh, select committee's uh, 
findings and also the letter that they've written to uh, the Premier League. He, they put his input. So I've be been very critical of him, but he's you know he seems he put that report out. He put that on social media, and I think the Independent had an article on it on Sunday as well. So there was some story. Did, did, the story did get out in some some domain nationally, but. It's just because, of course, Friday we, we, we clashed with a certain day, a certain person leaving their football club. Um, and that's when Sky Sport News, which is a news channel, decided that we'll just care about uh, Jurgen Klopp and his time at Liverpool and all the wonderful things that he did. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, if you want to, if you go to Anfield, you can sign his uh, book of condolences if you like to, um, you know. You know, next to there's another book. There's there was a book with Virgil Van Dyke as well. If you wanted to see that, um, that was that's there. So you can have a look through that if you want to. Um, I believe there's going to be a statue for, of him and everything else like that. But basically, what I'm saying is, you know, Sky Sports News is still probably talking about it now, putting about two hour documentaries on about Jurgen Klopp from his start to beginning. You know, I could see Sky uh, documentaries putting stuff on about him and everything else. It's just, and because that was all going on at that, this story, which is a massive story, not just for Everton, but for football in general, about an independent regulator as well, and everything about that, you know, got nothing. And it continues, I don't think I've heard anything since. And that's the problem we have. That's why we, we, there's like nobody cares about Everton's situation. It's just like, oh, just take, get over it, you know. Go your 10-point deduction, get over it. You've got this charge, get over that. Yes, you can get relegated. Yes, you can go in an administration. Yeah, nobody. You just go over it, live with it. And all I'll say as I finish this, because if I ramble on and on, on, you could get bored with me. But who started all this? Who's to blame for all this? The owner of this football club currently and the board of previous board. They've destroyed this football club and they're, they're, they are... You know they've gone off into the into the into the sunset with their money because they got paid off, and you don't hear of them again. Never heard of them since saying they defended themselves or anything like that. They've gone. They didn't even bother to actually turn up for the commission hearing to support the club. That's just you know, that's just how it is. And it just shows you when you start thinking about. Certain people, if they cared about Everton Football Club more than they cared about money, and it seems to be they cared more about the money than they did about the football club. Yeah, that's my view. Anyway, on that note, uh, that's me done. Um, thank you again, as usual, for listening to my podcasts, uh, listening to my ramblings and just going on speaking nonsense predominantly. Um, if you actually agree with my nonsense, which is fantastic. If you disagree with my nonsense, that, well, that's fine as well. Um, but thank you again for the support as per usual. Um, next podcast is next Monday, so I'll do a review on the Fulham game, of course, tomorrow night and the Tottenham game on Saturday and, and anything that happens as the week goes on. I'm on TikTok as well, so I'll, I always put something out on TikTok. If anything news happened within the week um, regarding Everton Football Club, uh, so you know, keep abreast of that on social media and everything else like that. But again, thank you very much for your time. Um, I'll speak to you again on Monday. Take care. Have a good week. Goodbye.